0: So without further ado, we've got a full house now. Let's welcome Dr. Barbara Poller and listen to what she's talking about.
1: thank you very much jean for this introduction and actually the best really part is the jam but that uh, you know maybe next time i will give some recipes and you can taste it there be a different audience <laughs> <laughs> for that. i'm very impressed to be here i thank you for your presence and i'm very impressed to be here in australia where actually i came before Um, to Perth to talk about biomedical research that was quite a few years ago but it's my first time in Sydney and to talk about you know an artist whom you know for much longer time than I do most likely, and it's your artist and here I am coming from Geneva and Paris to talk to you about your artist who represented even Australia at uh, the Venice Biennale, so that's uh, very impressive to me and um, there are many very distinguished people around, Uh, allow myself to uh, remercier Monsieur le Consul (laughs) Général, the Suisse Soir. It's, for me, very important, actually, the links um, between Australia and, um, and Switzerland and France. And I've been showing Sean in Geneva for the first time in 2010. So that's quite a, a few years ago now. And together with uh, Paul Arden, who, you know, is here in Thoughts, couldn't be here in person, but will be here in March, we curated this show called moto poetic which is the first show ever done on bikes and contemporary art you know in France everybody was sort of surprised of, of this association I guess here it sounds just normal you know to associate those two but really this is like a premiere and would be wonderful to bring this show here so it's a Swiss French show with 40 international artists and look who's on the cover the most important artist who has been working on uh, bikes in using them as like his atelier in some way. He told me once, Sean, during an interview that his studio is his bike. <laughs> Um so I'm very honored to be invited by uh, Jean and, and Brian and you know to be able to do this double show both at Cofa uh, and here it's uh, like uh, something really very important uh, for us and since you know, we were sort of puzzled with uh, Paul Arden that we're going to do a Swiss-French show in Australia. We decided we needed to add, you know, uh, Australian touch to it and uh, yeah. actually this is why Kit uh, mesham you, <laughs> not bad, <huh>? not bad. <laughs> is uh, is here, and he's actually going. We decided this really uh, within these days. The uh, the book he's written on his own, on Sean Gladwell and the war, and in more general, Sean Gladwell as an official uh, war memorial war artist for Australia, and in general, of the image on war is absolutely uh, outstanding and so we commonly decided that actually part of his text is going to be included in the catalogue about uh, Sean which I think is a great addition so I feel less impressed because voilà, uh, we are working together. So this as a brief uh, introduction. Now we have been thinking about what title are we going to give to this show um, um, and we came up with a title in French which we tried to translate, but actually, Kit said maybe we should just keep the French title, which is Sean Gladwell Corps Combat. Which this is a term that does not exist per se in French, which we invented overnight, but which really fits very well what uh, we want to say about Sean and what Sean is doing. Essentially, his work is about the body, and it's about a, a fight. It's about, but combat is—it's not exactly a fight. You know, Jean was saying me a fight is a dispute. It's not that. It's really to put yourself in the world to put the the body in the world and and be there and exist and combat whatever, the nature, not only a dispute with someone else, it's more to combat as an existing human being. So maybe this is what it's going to be. It's a working title. It's important to have a working title to work. We'll see how uh, it ends up. I'm first going to talk about the way we imagine the show at Kofa. And obviously, all of this will completely change over the six coming months. So, you know, when we talk again about it and when we do it, please come back. Don't think that, you know, now you have seen it. And there are going to be three parts in the show at uh, Kofa. The first part is going to be on the war and I think this is going to be particularly interesting obviously with respect to the work of uh, Kate Mesham Muir but also because this is a body of work that hasn't been seen as much as other types of work that Sean has done and when we, I think when we overall think about Sean Gladwell many of us are not aware that he's been nominated as an official war artist and what That has meant for him and what he's done with it. And then, you know, looking about red threads that go through all the work of Sean Gladwell, there are two things that uh, appeared to me. And, uh, you know, Sean is an extremely productive artist, and, uh, you know, I'm still discovering uh, work that he's doing, but they are like two things that I find nearly everywhere. And this is the question of the double. And it is the bird, and the question of the double, you know, Sean working with the body is like me and myself, and me and the other, me and the brother as we will see, me and my body and me and the world, it's the duality, the complexity up to the disintegration, someone, of one of the two doubles. And then the bird, apparently, this is something I found out, and I'm obviously very happy as always when you find out something that the others haven't yet, it's actually the presence of the bird in Sean's work. And since I'm talking to Jean, to Kit, to others about the presence of the bird, we, you know we're going back to look at Sean 's work and we find it. They are there. and I mean. Um, the flying uh, Sean—I mean, he's been—he's sort of a flying man in any case. But the bird is there, and that's going to be one of the of the main uh, um, points we want to show. And it's beautiful, the bird—it's it's marvelous. And I'm going to show you some images and share with you this enthusiasm about birds in the book. There are going to be also three parts. Paul Arden, who is a specialist on uh, the extreme image, he's written a bible of the extreme images called "Extreme Aesthetics of the Overcome Limits," which uh, unfortunately is not yet uh, translated in English, but is really a bible of the extreme image. And with what uh, Jean mentioned about you know the extreme aspects of the work of Sean fits very well in. But he's also uh, Specialist of the body, so he's going to go in the two and write about the extreme body and. Uh I'm gonna write about the bird and we thought of this very romantic title with Sean because he's also someone who has a lot of romanticisms actually in his soul the warrior and the bird or it's gonna be fight and flight we'll see and how to live with adapt to and protect from the extreme is going to be one of the aspects of uh, you know my my writing and also um, um, possibly I'm gonna teach at uh, the University on these aspects uh, to a, a transversal group of students. And Kit mecham obviously is going to talk about the war. The title of this book is Double War, linking again to the duality, to this presence of the double in Sean's work, or most likely Riding with Death, and we'll see some images along this way. So let's start with the, the war. This is um, a picture. I don't have a photography of uh, Sean's father, but this is very family is very important to Sean. And Sean's father, having uh, served in Vietnam War, uh, is actually uh, quite important to Sean. This is actually his grandfather who might have served previously in another war, but I'm not absolutely sure about that. But I'm showing you this fabulous picture because behind, you know, the grandfather's stands against uh, gainsborough painting, but sort of organized, arranged by Sean so that it ends up that the person looks like Sean on his skates. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is uh, after Basquiat. Um, this is uh, called "Riding This with Death," and this is a drawing that inspired Kit quite a lot, and a very strong drawing where you see again the double, you know, and you certainly also get to "Corps Combat" with this drawing, where actually the the warrior is riding upon death, and that's what warriors are doing all the time. When you are in war, you're actually you know, riding with your own death all the time, and this duality between you and the death is extremely strongly expressed here. You find it again here in a drawing that belongs to the collection of Jean and Brian Sherman, and, uh, which is actually at her house and which I'm going to take out of your house to put it uh, in the show, where you see this sort of uh, linking together of the body of the man, of his skeleton behind him, and the helmet. And the helmet, which signs, you know, the, the biker, who Sean is. But also the helmet has a very a great importance to Sean. He was telling me, you know, the helmet is something that links the warrior together to the biker. And it protects the essential part of human being, which is the brain. And he said, I could go naked on my bike, but I would wear my, my helmet. So the helmet has a very important symbol. Symbolic value for Sean Gladwell. And this is another way of riding with death on you know some sort of skate which then becomes a coffin with uh, roads and the life feet and the skeletal feet. Very impressing image again. Now, what Sean has done during his stay in Afghanistan and in Middle East was take pictures. Very interestingly, he didn't take and make videos. He didn't make pictures of the war. He didn't even exactly photograph soldier. Yes, he did, but you see that he's done it in a very special way. He's actually put in the hands of soldiers cameras and he's sort of guiding us to see at what the soldiers were seeing through their eyes and the eyes of cameras. So really going through the bodies of the soldiers to let us, get us to see what they are seeing. Furthermore, he's introduced into this particular video called Double Field, and you see that a lot of titles of the works of Sean actually uh, have this uh, the term, Double, Viewfinder. He. You know, in this video, what he's, he's introduced the aspect of performance and dance, because for him, the way the bodies of the warriors actually move themselves on the battlefield is a type of choreography. It's a type of dance. What has he done exactly? And uh, I decided not to show videos here because you're going to see them in the show, but rather explain you what he did. These two soldiers, each of them has a camera. But he's actually the camera they use to see the other soldier. And the instruction Sean has given is to tell what the other one does you do so that when one soldier's move that way the other looks into its camera and sees the other soldier and is going to move the same way and this gives rise to an incredible type of choreography which is something obviously you would not expect as images of war but It's all thought in a very abstract way and in a very clever way of having us look differently at what happens on a battlefield. Here you see some more close-ups. And here you see something very particular which is actually Sean's shadow. While the two soldiers are looking inside their cameras and trying to do what the other does, you know, Sean is here filming them and you see his shadow. Now this is now double um, balancing. balancing, Thank you. (laughs) Double balancing. You see that again. The double, the term double is is in here, and this is again inspired by um, you know his stay in Afghanistan. And you see that what he's asked this soldier to do is to take his uh, gun and to have it in equilibrium in the hand, and obviously by trying to keep the Gun in equilibrium in the hand, you sort of distort its function. And again, obviously, you have to dance because you know you need to keep the equilibrium. Double balancing act um, here you have uh, this man trying to balance his body with a, the with a crouches, and this is a double um, a video with a double screen video. Here you see a greater image because these images are really gorgeous and here of the soldier, and this has now inspired a real choreography by Sean, not enough to be a painter, uh, someone who does drawing, someone who does video, someone who does photography, someone who does performance. Now he's also become a choreographer and recently shown his first um, dance uh, piece, and uh, this is also something I think we need to show and which is very interesting, based on this type of choreography. Now, um, I move to something a little different, but not that much. What do we see here? Do we see David Kaspar Friedrich, um, the great romantic painter looking at uh, the landscape? Not exactly. There are a few differences with uh, David Kaspar Friedrich's painting. The, the, first of all, here the sky is completely clear, while with David Kaspar Friedrich there are clouds. But there is one other very interesting difference, and I would love to know if someone sees it.
0: Well, I know it, so I'm not Yes, saying. no, no, you <laughs> can't say. <laughs>
1: The fact is that David Kaspar Friedrich is right-handed, so he actually has his hand, it's the right hand that he holds on his uh, um, hip. hip. Sean is left-handed. And uh, so, you know, this is shown as David Kaspar Friedrich. And uh, again, you know, I was mentioning the fact that he tends to show us in particular the war, not directly, but through the eyes of the soldiers. And this is what this uh, photograph or the painting of David Friedrich, uh, David uh, Kaspar Friedrich does is we look at the landscape through the eyes of the man who's looking at the landscape. Which gives us a much bigger actually um, apprehension, comprehension of the world. It's not we're not just looking at a landscape, we're looking at the man in the landscape who looks at the landscape. <clears throat> And these are the types of photographs that Sean has taken from soldiers and I think they are absolutely gorgeous in terms of intelligence and of beauty but how clever to show us the soldiers not by showing us their face where we would remain with something very specific but by showing us their necks and actually there are quite few photographs who have uh, done portraits by behind there is Lyle Ashton Harris who is a fantastic uh, afro-american uh, photographer who's done it before but besides that i have uh, nobody in in mind and you see As with the image of Caspar David Friedrich, the way we look at the landscape, what we perceive, by looking actually at these men, and then also women, who look at the landscape in their position of being a soldier, completely changes the perception. And You know, here I'm. I'm very touched by this image, because there would be no other way to know that this is a woman, wouldn't it? Be this beautiful blonde um,
0: braid,
1: braid, Braid. 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 Um, and. Suddenly, you look at the, uh, at the landscape that she is looking at with the eyes of a, of a woman, and again, I think this is extremely smart and, and potent photography and now here you look at what he is seeing with an eye of an Australian. I mean this soldier is clearly comes from here and he's there and and You know, there is um, a way of looking at the landscape, really integrating the person, which is uh, fantastic. And I come back to something completely different, an image that all of you know. But I come back because it's in a way you know, very similar. And you have the helmet, which I mentioned is so important. You see him from the back, and he is the angel of death. He is a, a you know a warrior in some way. You're never going to see his face in the whole video, and in any images, he he, you know, brings us. Uh, uh, to see, to look also through
0: him. That was our last show, The Apology to Roadkill. The last show we had was shown.
1: (coughs) And this is actually the first work I showed in 2010 in uh, Geneva. It's a masterpiece, Mm, absolutely. And before moving to the double, I'll show you a photography of Sean's older brother, also taken from the back, just to make link to the family again. Because I'm continue, I will continue to do this uh, during the, this talk. And this is a photography of his older brother, and it's strange because here now you have this whatever wound or test or whatever you know the doctor I am can see that there has been a a, a plaster around and but again the fact that we don't see the face um, gives a very different feeling to what this wound could be brother Matthew let's uh, let's go to the double the double the brother uh, me and myself, the mirror, um, this notion of double, which has, can go two ways some in some direction towards schizophrenia or schizo at least, which means you know the doubles the two parts of the double don 't fit anymore, and uh, increasing complexity and I love this picture, and I think, you know, I just completely published a book on on men and, and manhood. I've actually listened to 200 men talking to me about what manhood is for them. And to me, it's all in this picture. You know, when you see this baby, I mean, the baby is terrified. He's terrified, and at the same time, he's you know so uh, you you can feel how much he wants to grow up to be on this bike sometime by his own and you know his father holds him so obviously this is Sean's son holds him with so much tenderness you know like saying i know it's terrifying but you know somehow you're going to make it somehow i made it and this is also i feel exactly the way that men soldiers feel you know they are terrified how can you not be terrified when you have to go to the battlefield but at the same time you have this you know this will that somehow it's going to work out and look how beautiful what's behind them you have all the trophies you know and that's also what Actually, gives courage to this little uh, human being. You know, sometimes I want to have as many trophies as my father got. You know, and this is going to be like a, a a movement ahead, and then you can see also the um, Australian flag. So it's it's. There are so many signs about what you know, manhood is uh, in this uh, image and he calls it self-portrait but in fact it's a portrait of his son so it's a double portrait of himself as you know the kid he was and the, the adult he is now and how frightening actually all of this is. Um, here is an image of him on the skate. It's called double line work, and again you see two skates at the same time. One very important with the eight, which is the sign for infinite, uh, infinite love for the skates, I guess, or maybe more um, uh, symbols that uh, Kit is discussing yeah. in his uh, book. And here you have this image that to me is still very mysterious. It really looks like there is a mirror in between uh, these two, but you're not exactly sure, well, I'm not exactly sure, because, you know, First of all, I don't know where the mirror is. I, the way that it's probably here, but the way the picture is taken, is he touching the mirror, then why is the hand there? If they're not touching the mirror, you will see that this is not exactly the reflection of that. So there is something in this uh, double image that's unclear, and you know the column is not exactly in the middle, so it's very, uh, a very smart way, again, to have an image function, here in the contrast everything is perfectly aligned, but here this is not a mirror because the two men are not the same. It's not the same man. This is Sean, and this is one of his friends, or otherwise it's maybe him, but he put a beard on. So anyway, it's not uh, there is not a mirror in between. But you see this presence of the double all the time, and here the double is the kangaroo and what's interesting is that in many of the works on the double somehow one loses the identity and as you see here you don't see the eyes of Sean Gladwell you see the gaze of the kangaroo that's very uh, soft and intelligent you see the smile of Sean but you don't see his eyes anymore so in this double interaction you know one Progressively loses his head, and this again is um, a photograph that's going to be in the show, which is from uh, Jean and Brian's collection. And here, uh, you know, I've I've been to the um, the storage actually to look at the picture. It's impossible to understand how this is taken. Um, Sean will explain me one day, but you know. Where the reflection exactly is, you see the feet here, this looks like much more in focus than the upper part, and the face of the what you would think is the real, if this is the reflection, is not to be seen. So maybe actually, The upper part is the reflection and the lower part, the real. In any case, in this play of the double, identity seems to get lost at certain point. Here it gets completely lost. Here you have the double turning man. I mean, he's just spinning uh, a la Bastille. He's spinning au Louvre. And you still see the body, but the face is lost in uh, the uh, speed of turning around. And um, there are some birds here. Obviously in Paris, they always are are birds. And this is called double voyage. Again, the double is here, and the voyage, the traveling, is for this man to travel with his hands on a skate, hold himself on the hands on the skate, and then the image is uh, flipped around so that it looks like he's hanging from the sky, while uh, this beautiful woman is indeed hanging from the sky. But here, the, the, you know, the doubling again with this woman you know, uh, flipping back the lower part of her legs, he not having the lower, lower part of the legs and being turned around, you know, this play around the double is uh, very constructed. Here's the double with the brother. This is not Matthew, this is the younger brother of uh, Sean, and it's called Warp Speed warp speed ongoing because the speed is still ongoing and the work is still ongoing and warp speed warp speed excuse me is a speed that's higher than the speed of light and uh, it probably doesn't exist or maybe it exists what actually Sean wants to tell us here is that the speed Of time passes so fast that uh, you know, just a few years later, here they are again, him and his brother with the same uh, mobile in front of uh, of them, and here they are again, just a few years later. And when I look at this image of Sean, um, I really think see how much he looks like his baby and how in a way terrified also he looks and courageous uh, you know brave, terrified and brave and actually his brother brother seems to have older much faster than him and actually his brother is sick and uh, Sean allowed me to mention this and I think this is also something very important in the way he positions himself uh, uh, according or against or with this double. And this is the last uh, photograph of um, the part of uh, the double, and I think it's an extraordinary photograph. And again, I would love that someone says, What are we looking at? Huh?
0: Yeah yes. Mm-hmm. arm.
1: <laughs> yes, it's uh, Sean's gladwell fa- face and Stella's arm and ear. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, what's fascinating is that in Europe we don't know Stellark essentially. Uh, very few people know him. And when you look at this, it's like, what, 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 you know? And it's again a fantastic double because Sean has a great admiration for Stellark. Now they meet together, they play, you know? And uh, here is a photograph of a, a double, doubling person. And again, it's a self portrait. He's, you know, taking in all these others. And let's move to the bird now, the third part of uh, the talk. And Sean sometimes sends me these pictures just to say, oh, hi, Barbara. I found this photograph. And I look at this and I say this is, I mean, this is." he's looking at this bird as he was looking in the mirror. And I think it's extraordinary the way he looked at, at the gaze of, uh, of Sean in this picture. And then uh, a few time later, he sends me this picture, and I say, "But here the bird is Sean, I mean, he's really flying here, and you know, flying in this wonderful sky. And this image actually has made the tour of all uh, Australian press and uh, abroad because it's really a fantastic, you know, image of uh, the artist trying to fly away. It makes me think of Gino De Dominicis, who some, you know, years ago also." Was picturing himself flying uh, away or obviously also Yves Klein you know and his jump uh, is jump in the void. Uh,
0: Barbara can I just add go back to the previous one that's a Mark Power, pa- no not that one, the, the next one, a Mark Power work, uh, Mark Power was one of the 27 artists we Yes, yes you mentioned and that. That's a Mark Power work that we showed in the gallery yeah. So and Stella, we represented as yes, well. Yes. So, so, so there are lots all of the collections lots that of links came out of that yeah. grouping. Yeah. So wax work made with honey.
1: And here, and um, uh, Kit was telling me, you know, when he was looking at this video because this is actually a video he was looking really at this image. But doesn't this look like the shadow of a bird? This is what fascinated me, is that you have the skate and the skater, but the shadow is really the shadow of a flying bird. And then here they are, the birds. I mean, I guess most of you have seen these beautiful images at the La Pavilion in in, uh, in Edinburgh. But I was fascinated by the beauty of the flights of of the birds.
0: Was it in Edinburgh or was it in, no. No. It was England. England, yeah. Near Brunton. Yeah. Near was it? It was the Dinner Ware Pavilion, but not uh, in the UK. I think near Brighton, Felicity, is it? I'm not sure. Sure. I went there with him, but um, but I'm a bit vague to
1: But the birds were there. And this I learned how to say and I even went to look at where it is. <laughs> so, Wulumulu. <Woolou-moolou. laughs>
0: um,
1: this is one of the, uh, the rare um, works in which uh, Sean Gladwell depicts a woman. So I was pleased with that. Um, and she's actually you know, dancing, performing on this uh, um, car uh, where you, you get the benzene? Yeah, basically. well, in the garage, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, very extraordinary. There is this huge truck with uh, where you throw the garbage in that walks by, and she's there dancing. It's quite surrealistic, but there are the birds, and she's really dancing with the birds. And there are images in the video where there are many, many more uh, um, uh, birds flying by. Here you see two more. And then at the end, I'm going to show you more about this flying Dutchman. Here again, you know, this is a video that uh, most famous Sean Gladwell, after most famous Bill Viola, did for a um, an opera by Richard Wagner. Bill Viola has done the videos for uh, Tristan and Isolde, and. Uh, uh, Sean has done it for the Flying Dutchman and this was played in Rotterdam last uh, September and we're going to look at more images and then the the bird Is obviously also the aviator. I mean, uh, the dream of aviation and of uh, um, you know making airplanes is really the man trying to wanting to be like a bird. And here he is actually. um, He also lives at one infinite loop, and uh, he loves these images. You see that again. He uses the camera in a similar way as he had the warriors actually using using and um, flying like a bird and this is the last image of uh, this part of uh, the show but it's extraordinary these are collages so studies made by Sean um, you know along The lines. And you see, I told you the helmet is a a major symbol for Sean, a major symbol for actually the essential of human beings. Look at this helmet guiding this airplane. Look at this helmet there guiding, is it a bird or is it an angel or is it both? Is for Sean, bird and angels, uh, you know, uh, similar. And so obviously, I come back to this because here, you know, the helmet and the whole uh, persona that Sean is is, uh, representing here is the angel, the angel of death, which brings the death from one side to the other of the sticks. And obviously, it doesn't change much. You would say that the kangaroo is on one side or the other, but it actually changes everything. And the other reason why I show this image again is about the road. You know, this is called apology to roadkill, but to us, the road is going to be very important. And as Jean mentioned, the road is going to be the road from Kofa to Scaf. I haven't said a word about Scaf yet. <laughs> so, what do we want to do with this road? We thought that it would be so interesting that the show is not in one place and one other place, but actually, really, that something somehow links the two spaces. And I've been thinking of that for several months already. Uh, obviously, that would not be a premiere like Pistoletto in Turin. He has done uh, uh, linked three spaces he was showing at the same time, but I was really thinking, how are we going to do this with? Um, With Sean, and you know, thinking of the double from one place to the other, the double voyage, the double field, the double balancing act. And then I arrived here and I had decided I'm going to do, you know, walk several times from one place to the other to see how we could do it. But the first time I walked from Kofa up the road, it was obvious to me I mean, there is this wall. I mean, you go out of Koffa, you have the wall and then you turn up Oxford Street and you have this wall that comes nearly up to where then you have to turn on the left to come down to Scarf. So I thought we're going to do something on the wall. <coughs> And then I asked, "But what is there there behind the wall?" Well, there behind the wall, there is something military. Not something. Yes, military. Yes. (laughs) I mean, initially, I just got, you know, understood that there is something. This has something to do with military. And then I thought that's a sign. What we are going to do if all goes well. Is to have banners, banner, bannier. banner, all the way long banners, mm. banners. Mm. and they're going to be white, because the white is very important because the white banner uh, stands for peace, and it's going to be written on these banners in black sentences from kids book on Shod Gladwell as an official Memorial War artists. And I just choose two sentences to give an idea of what could be written on them. In contemporary conflicts, images are where hearts and minds are won or lost writes Kit Muir in this beautiful sentence. And then he quotes Susan Sontag, and I think it would be very beautiful to have also these words by Susan Sontag on one of the banners. All photographs are memento mori. And then on another one it would be written, photographs and other works to be seen at Kofa and (laughs) Skaf. And on another one it would be written by official war memorial artist Sean Gladwell. And then, this is the final trick that Kate told me today: is that this military thing in there, you know? There is a museum, mesdames et messieurs, which I didn't know. So they only, they, they only can be sensitive to the fact that we're going to promote art, not on their walls, but near their walls. Yeah. And it will be written. And please also visit Army Museum of NSW. <laughs> so this is a dream which I brought here and I think it's going to come true. <laughs> now you know, then we're gonna walk along these white uh, banners and come to Scarf. And at Scarf, what we're gonna see, it's still quite mysterious. I could talk to you about for another hour, but I think I will not because we need some surprise. Certainly, it's gonna be linked to the show at Kotha through the three major themes, war, the double, and the flight, and the bird, and it's going to be dedicated by Sean in some way to Nancy Bird Walton, to whom, as you know, has been dedicated the, the first A380 flight just before she passed away. And. Listen this beautiful sentence that Sean wrote me about his relationship to Nancy Bird. Mrs. Bird is always flying. She is Mother Bird and nothing would happen without her. She is a curator, and is very tough on my work. You know, I get goosebumps when I read this. I think it's incredible that the work that's going to be here at Scarf is going to be dedicated to her, and the way he introduces her as a double, as a bird, and also, as you know, she's been a fantastic war aviator. So she's going to link all of this together in a most uh, fantastic way. And also, Sean um, is preparing his very first artist book together among others with Professor Paul Patton here at the University Professor of Philosophy whom I'm gonna meet on Friday and I'm very much looking forward to that meeting. Just to give you an idea of how surprising the work here is going to be, I show you this Latest self-portrait of Sean. I won't go into details, we can always discuss it uh, during the discussion, but isn't he beautiful? His...
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: more surprises to come. <laughs> And finally, I would like to show just uh, quite quickly a number of just very beautiful and romantic images of Sean as the bird, the flying man, reference to uh, l'homme de Vitruve, Leonard de Vinci, Nancy Bird, the question of equilibrium. And here he is, and as Kit you know, told him long ago, you, know, you look like an eagle who's going to take its fly on this bike. And look at him here. And this is unprocessed (coughs) studies again. But look at this beauty of this, you know, man who's gonna fly like a seagull away in the gorgeous waves of Bondi Beach, where obviously he brought me Sunday morning at 7 (coughs) AM and then show you to finish up. Just some images very quickly of uh, the flying Dutchman because those are so romantic and you know underscore what I was telling you about the romantic soul of Sean Gladwell and I'll go quickly through them <clears throat> again with a camera, watching the sea with a bird. Mm.
0: Hmm.
1: Flying away, flying away, singing (laughs) in the water, it's an opera after all, with the birds, magical images. Hmm. And this will be the last one and this would be my latest dream is that for my birthday on 7 of March
0: <laughs>
1: you know uh, the Sydney Opera House would uh, play the Flying Dutchman with Sean Gladwell's video and I just learned that actually the director of the opera is I mean she comes from the uh, my country, <laughs> or uh, you know, is related to my country someone somehow, but certainly she speaks the, my very mother tongue. So who know? But, <laughs> but most likely on the 7th of March I'm going to be back flying back to uh, Europe to fly and fight. and I thank you very much for your attention. This was great to be able to be here.
0: Let's see if there are any questions, or oh, people want to make some comments, uh, it's uh, quarter to eight, am I right, quarter to eight, yes, so just ten minutes of comments, anybody, come on, there's some Sean experts in this room, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you might as well add something. Michael, did things surprise you in here? I've seen images that I didn't know before. Yeah, no, i a bit. some, that's terrific, more of them. And Excuse me? I haven't seen all the images. Yes. That is one of the
1: difficulties of an artist like Sean, it's actually quite hard to see all images. Yes,
0: absolutely. So every every yeah. exhibition you see, you see a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. I think for me, I've known him since he was a student, and the family images I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. I said to Bob. I know the little boy very well, the baby, but I didn't, and I've met his parents, um, but I didn't, never seen an image of the grandfather, for oh. example, um, and I, uh, I really had not seen the image of the brother, and I didn't know he was not well. Are those images the self-portrait and the images of the family? Are they art, or are they just images that Sean has
1: sent you? No, they art. So too. Yeah, there are. I wouldn't. You know, he's sent me some images that are just among snapshots. yes, snapshots or you know images he wants to share with me. Um, but those I wouldn't show. I showed those that are art, mm-hmm. like the image of him with a pin.
0: Mm-hmm. And the brother,
1: the yeah, two. the brother. It's the, art, the, 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 those are art. So I know when you get emails from Sean, sometimes he does take a photo on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, and that's you're not. never sure: is it a snapshot, yeah. or is it a new
0: artwork?
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Where the boundary was. um, I think actually that, without exceptions, which are quite, you know, personal things, he. Um, I think that essentially Sean is living his art, and that's how he's actually managing to to stay, you know, yeah, to stay busy and to stay well. I mean, because I think he has to stay grounded because Mm -hmm. he has such an enormous amount of energy. If he he wouldn't use it, like by doing art every day, this energy might well, you know, somehow came back to him in a Mm -hmm. in a. Negative. Negative way, and you know, when I'm I'm trying to say, you know, uh, coping with stress by creating. This is one of the things that I think really is a way to cope with uh, mm. this extreme energy that that he has. No, yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, he has also an incredible, um, uh, I I don't know, I don't remember with whom I mentioned, I discussed this, he has an incredible storage of image, you know, and so he can come up with images of, uh, he did years ago, but he stores them, he keeps them in, actually in order, you wouldn't believe, but, uh, uh, yeah. And how were your research into
0: uh, the effects of stress on cells in the body? coming to the exhibition, besides in your selection
1: of work? Well, I think obviously it it can be something literal, but uh, the you know the whole aspects of the double with his brother, the stress that is imposed, the stress he he imposes on himself continuously in his extreme um, uh, habits. Somehow, you know, I would like that people understand that this is what came, keeps him you know alive and that in some way it keeps us alive when we look at his work so that the the deep trouble because I think there is also in Sean deep trouble with coping with this energy and coping with things from the world that are difficult like for each of us, he does it in this way that he actually uses really the energy. And how does this relate to cell? Every living cell on Earth, um, whether you know bacterial, vegetal, animal, whatever, has the ability to sense stress. Stress, obviously, for a cell, is not the stress as we intended, psychological, because a cell doesn't have a brain, but it's threat. And you know, so stress is essentially a threat. What does a cell do when it senses threat? And it has, it has all the mechanisms to sense this. It just stops to do what it usually does and concentrates on creating something new, which is going to help it cope with the stress.
0: But can it uh, concentrate on um, on being cancerous?
1: No. No, no. It's that's a, not the stress not response. A stress no, response. the stress response, when I make it obviously very, I try to make it as simple as possible, but the cell is going to produce specific things that actually helps it cope with stress. And I think that's something that you know, Sean is doing continuously. He's someone who's, you know, very sensitive and, as all romantic souls, very sensitive to the environment, to environmental stress in a more psychological way also. And, you know, he actually, what he does is coping. And this is what cell do. He does something else. He diverts the energy to the creation of something else. And I think... Sean the artist becomes the metaphor for y- self. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, all artists do it to an extent. Wouldn't you say? Um,
1: but probably, but I think in in Sean, it's something that's really vibrantly perceptible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's
0: the
1: I think it's it's the subject of the work. It's, there is something specific about okay, Sean. I think, I think other arts, certain artists, what they do, and they are neither better nor less no, good. No, no. They sort of. Rather go inside themselves and try, you know, then work with the material what they have inside themselves. But really, the subject matter of Sean's work is this the energy of the world, Mm. which is overwhelming. Like, you know, the stress of the world is overwhelming for that poor little kid put on the bike at age two, you know, and now go. <laughs> 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 yes, Dutchman. Can you just elaborate a bit on that? Because uh, uh, Wagner, the opera, and all of that—the concept of being on the on the on the ship and never landing—all of that—is that anything? Well, well, I think that um, this work by Sean is very little known. He's been asked to do that for the Flying Dutchman. So it's not Sean who came to Rotterdam and said, hi guys, to the opera, um, I could make some videos for the Flying Dutchman. (laughs) But maybe, and most likely, those who asked him to do a video for the Flying Dutchman rather than any other Mm -hmm. opera of Wagner, they must have had Deep insight into Sean's work to think that the flying Dutchman is going to mean something really for him. And he's, for now, um, he's been quite silent about the details of what all this work means to him. And this I still have to research with him and to explore. To be then better able, although he hasn't choose it, how he made the work with respect to the story of the Flying Dutchman. So I can answer the question in March. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, I
0: think we should give Barbara. A